and answers, like how many doctors will now be reluctant to make themselves known when the captain says, is there a doctor on the plane? Hi America, <laughs> hello world, we're topical if nothing else. We are. My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you. To bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment, we will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guest. Firstly the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather decided to bang two halves of a horse together to see if it would make the sound of a coconut. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello, I feel so alone. How did you get on with that? I didn't. You didn't? That was a very messy Sunday afternoon, wasn't it? It was. Now, you're feeling very alone, very unloved. Yes. Sat there without any friends. No friends. Michelle can't be with us tonight. I know. I'm jealous. She's investigating the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Kentucky. Without us. As we speak. Without us. How bad must things be? That to get a break from us, she goes to a mental asylum. Oh. <laughs> I'm just worried they're not going to let her out again. That's probably true. For those of you that don't know the building, it was built in 1858 and it closed finally in 1994. In the 1950s, it had 2,000 
400 patients. It is a vast building. Yeah, I know. I think I'm right in saying it's the second biggest building in terms of a marble construction. It could be. Anywhere in the world. It's remarkable. But many TV shows have filmed there. Yeah. You may know this building if you've watched such shows as Ghost Stories, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Paranormal Lockdown. <laughs> I want to investigate buildings that have never been investigated before. Right, yeah. I strive in my books and in my work to be the first person. So anyone who comes after me is then looking at my history, looking at my research. Tell me how it's beneficial to be the fourth TV production company to go in there. Uh, there must maybe, be so many buildings all around the world. Maybe it works as affirmation. I find, what, so they guaranteed, they think they're guaranteed to get something. Yeah. They don't want to take a chance. They don't right. want to do any risk-taking. Yep. If we turn up, right. we're going to get something. Yeah. I see where we are. The interesting thing is that next week, Michelle is going to be full of stories. We're going to sit here next week. If you listen to our show next week, episode 110, season two, we'll interview Michelle and we'll find out what happened. Yeah. All I... her creepy and spooky experiences. You know what this means now, don't you? What? It's just the two of us. Mono, a mono, core to core, one on one. Let's face facts, Morris. You've <laughs> lost. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping I had a 50% chance of winning. What, when I'm in charge of scoring? <laughs> this is season yeah, two, episode 109. There are 109 squares on an infinite chessboard that can be reached by a knight in just three moves. An infinite chessboard. Have you heard of such things? No. That's like I'll have a boredom burger with an extra boredom, go heavy on the boredom and don't spare the boredom, and I'll have a side of malaise. Infinite chessboard is like the worst combination of words ever, isn't it? Yes. Almost as bad as saying things like friends DVD box set. Infinite <laughs> chessboard has that feel about it, doesn't it? That's what I got you for your birthday. Oh, no. What a chessboard that goes on forever. <laughs> You'd probably prefer that over the friends box, actually. Yes, at least I can set fire to a chessboard and keep myself warm. 109 is the atomic number of a radioactive synthetic element called mitnerium. It is the most stable known isotope and has a half-life of... Have a guess. What's the half-life of mitnerium? The half-life. Um, are we talking minutes, hours, years... Well, normally they say radioactive material has a half-life of like five billion years. Do you see what oh, I mean? Oh, so me saying five minutes wouldn't have worked. Well, you're not a million miles away, actually. <laughs> it has the half-life of 7.6 seconds. Really? <laughs> which is the same half-life that cookies and chocolate last in my house, of all things. Yeah. So, if it has a half-life of 7.6 seconds, yeah. I know nothing about physics. Nor do my I. My dad was a physicist. The last thing I want to do is look at infrared astronomy, play infinite chess, and see how much ticker tape goes through a machine when you've got a trolley and a little car on it. Right. Boring things for me. Yeah. Creative. Mm -hmm. Not interested. OCD. Bored already. Yeah. I should have been paying more attention. I don't know whether it works, that if the half-life is 7.6 seconds, does that mean its full life is like 15.2 seconds long? Is uh, that how it works? I, I don't know. You wouldn't get a lot done, would you? You would assume, wouldn't you? Oh, assuming in physics is a dangerous <laughs> beast. You wouldn't get a lot done. If you assumed? 
in 15.2 seconds, no. would you? You well. would not be able to achieve much. <laughs> I've got a list here. Okay. 15.2 seconds. You could order a meal, but of course you wouldn't be able to taste it, I suspect. Okay. You could get a mini workout. Lift, what what lift, does that entail? Running around the desk twice. <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen next. Live short, die fit. <laughs> Take a selfie and upload it. Perhaps with a caption underneath goodbye at that point. <laughs> you could text your mother. No. If you've only got 15.2 seconds, you could probably look up and just wave to her. <laughs> See what I'm saying? For how long you've God. got, right? Order some alcohol to your front door and then it'll be there in time for the wake. Maybe. Watch an Adam Sandler film before getting bored. Oh. Although I think 15.2 uh, seconds may seem like a lifetime oh. at that point. You will have 10 seconds to comply. And then you get 5.2 seconds leisure time. Do you remember RoboCop? A nod to RoboCop yes. there. 10 seconds to comply. I'd forgotten about that. That wasn't a bad film back in the day, was it? Not back in the day. I used to have a crush on him way back when I was like five. When you was five? <laughs> yeah. What was that? Like the father figure you always wanted? Or I think someone so. to protect you? No, I think I loved his jawline and his lips. So Batman. That's all you could see, right? Batman, Judge Dredd. Yep. You're, you're hitting um, all the buttons. Hitting all the buttons right there, <laughs> am I? We are available. If you wish to listen to us, you can access our archives at any time. We've got four years worth of shows on SoundCloud. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, we will be there for you. Please press the little orange love heart and tell us how much you love this show. If you're currently listening in the archives, you can do that now. Remember, we've got an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show that we do at the top of the hour that we can't read out on air, full of sexual intrigue and innuendo mm. and words we couldn't possibly read out for getting fined heavily. In a round we call Not For Your Mother, that's there for you as well, extra 20 to 25 minutes yeah. where I let Miss Morris off her lead. Yeah. We're also available on iTunes. If you wish to write us a nice review on iTunes, we'd be very grateful. Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. We're on four platforms on our archives. I know, it's crazy, right? We're not far short. Just a couple of hundred of reaching some very high numbers on SoundCloud. Very high numbers. 80,000, was 80,000. Individual listeners. So thank you to all those people. Of course, we're on Facebook constantly. We have 5,800 followers on there. If you go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook, all of tonight's stories and much, much more. All of the chat, all of the banter, all of the messages that I'm mm -hmm. about to read out from followers all over the world. We have a lot of fun on there, and I think it's one big happy family. Makes me very happy. happy it's a great, family. great place to be on Facebook. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. You can join my Twitter account, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. We have 93,000 followers on there. We have some funny outtakes mm. on YouTube. Again, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. And of course, you can listen to us first. Uh, Friday at Dark Matter Digital Network dot com eight PM Central Time. Be the first to listen to us, and we've got quite the following: a hundred thousand listeners in a hundred and ninety countries. I might read out the top ten because I've not done that for a while. Top ten countries listened cool. to us last week. That is imminent. Of course, my book, Mysterious Midwest: Unwrapping Urban Legends and Ghostly Tales. From the Dead is also available in all good bookshops and on Amazon. And, of course, there was a foreword written in that book by David Ellison, award-winning Grammy bassist for Megadeth. Yeah. I've got 
quite a lot of reviews on there at the moment. 23, I think, at the moment. Nice. And every single one of them has given me five stars. Well, I didn't you, know you I had so, so many members of my family, to be honest, <laughs> took me by surprise. Now, this show is free. Our archives are free. We do this show free every Friday evening. We don't get paid for what we do. We love sitting here and abusing one another. <laughs> tormenting <laughs> removing points but we do have a lot of overheads so we've started a site it's patreon.com if you go to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com and search for more questions than answers m-q-t-a m-q-t-a you will find us there'll be links on facebook as well if you wish to donate a dollar for each episode that will cover the cost of the studio and the amount of paper we get through we do kill a lot of trees. Heather's Bloody Mary that she's currently supping on there. I love it. Of course you do. I have no idea where this show's going to be going in an hour. <laughs> but you're more than welcome to donate. We would very much appreciate that. And again, this show will always be free. But if you wish to help us out, we would be very grateful. Now we come to the mailbag. One we of my favourite parts of the show. Yeah. I love to read where everyone's coming from. I'm a traveller. I love geography. I love going all over the world. Lived in many countries, visited around 32 countries, I believe. Yes. I like seeing where everyone's from. Actually, before I go any further, it was my birthday last week. Yes. And I had a couple of thousand birthday wishes. Did so you really? If I didn't reply to everyone individually. I had a couple of thousand birthday wishes. Well, you can be on minus three, madam. This is how it works. <laughs> you were one of the people wishing me happy birthday. You can't then take it away. Your birthday will come round soon enough, Miss Morris. It will be your turn. <laughs> Are you like the kid that has to get a present as well because your brother or your sister's been given a birthday present and you had to have one as well? That's not supposed to happen? No. I'm, I'm sure that happened to you. You created such a fuss and cried that I bet you got your no, own I present. No, was just so good. Of course you were. Yes. Yeah, I've heard the tales of what you got up to with your sisters. <laughs> But I would like to thank everyone for my birthday wishes. If I didn't respond personally, it's not that I didn't want to, but I've got over 2,000 birthday wishes there, and uh, I tried to get through as many as I can. But thank you to all those people. I did read them, and I do appreciate that greatly. Michael in New Jersey has simply posted, love you guys. Oh, thank you, Michael. Straight to the point. Thank you for that, Michael in New New Jersey. Joyzy. Joyzy. Jenny in Jackson posted, it was so nice to meet you and some of your team. Thank you so much for signing my book at the coffee house. Of course, we was in Jackson a couple of weekends ago, yeah. signing books and meeting fans. So thank you to Jenny for that. Fernando in Los Angeles has written, love, love, love your show. Look forward to it every Friday. That's very kind of you. And a big hello to all of our fans in yeah. California. Hello, Fernando. And Los Angeles. Scott, also in California, suggested, as it was my birthday, he says, it's your birthday. So we'll award you, from the start, an automatic three points. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? I'm happy Not to go really. with that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Thank you, Scott, for embracing oh, that Scott. for me. I will start. On three, just to get the ball. Michelle can't lose because she's not even here. It's just oh, me. Oh, we can make her lose. In fact, let's give Michelle minus three, just because she's having a good time in a haunted asylum. Without us. Without us. God damn You're it. on minus three, Michelle. Can you hear me? And I'm having a bloody Mary and you're not. Yeah. Rough trots, Michelle. 
Sonia in Phoenix posted, thank you for accepting me. I love the show. If you wish to be accepted as well, just come and find us on more questions and answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook. Do you just yeah. smack your lips then? Was that the salt or the Worcestershire sauce or the, the horseradish? Horse, the horseradish. <laughs> I'm trying to be professional here and you're sat in the background. Well, I'm drowning my sorrows because Michelle's oh, no. gone. <laughs> Well, it must be really rough, mustn't it, having to spend an hour with an Englishman? It is. I in can a dark, only apologise. Damn basement. <laughs> it's not the best in here, is it? I thought that dripping sound was me. I'm glad you're hearing it as well. I'm going to read out the top 10 countries that listen to us this week because I've not done this for a while. Number one, the good old US of Amoeba, of course. Always number one on the list. We are broadcasting from america and i love all of our fans across the united states second is my family it's the united kingdom ireland scotland wales and england number three is canada four australia by the way i got a really nice message from a lady in canada yesterday really she said it was raining and miserable she was in ontario i'll find her name um but She's in Ontario. It was really wet, really miserable. Yes. And she wants me to sing some sort of squirrel song that I'd previously not been aware of. I know of no such thing. I will learn the words. <laughs> and then next week, <laughs> my dulcet tones across the airways will be singing squirrel-related tunes. So thank you for that. Australia, mm-hmm. number four. They're big heavyweight countries, aren't they? USA, UK, Canada, Australia. Number five's the Bahamas. <laughs> Yay! Yes, there must be all of five people listening to us in the Bahamas. Excellent. Six, when you're big in Japan tonight. I love that song. When you're big in your pants tonight. Mm-hmm. Alphaville, who sung that, were from Germany. Germany is number seven. Ireland, number eight. Switzerland, who, of course, changed their flag to a white cross on a white background during the First and Second World War, is currently number nine. <laughs> the home of Toblerone, cheese and cuckoo clocks. And number ten. Coming in is Brazil. So thank nice. you all over the world. Yeah, I love it. Everywhere we go. That's mm-hmm. very, very kind of you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all of those things. By the way, Barbie Minnesota, that we know very well, said, Great show. Thank you, Heather, for the trip around the world in less than an hour. Oh. I think that's your accent. It's odd, isn't it, how a trip around the world just sounds like an uneducated redneck having a stroke, regardless of what country it's from. What are you talking about me like that for? It's true. I'm not an uneducated redneck. No, I said your accent was of one. <laughs> but if you're feeling guilty, your accent was I'm of one. I'm not drinking a beer. I'm drinking a Bloody Mary. <laughs> of course you are. It makes all the difference, doesn't it? Finally, Martin, our regular listener in New York, has created an amazing online auction site called Martin's Online Auction. It's amazing! On Facebook. There is everything on there from Living Dead to 80s metal concert t-shirts. The unusual, strange, intriguing and bizarre. Go and have a look at what is morbidly fascinating items. I love it. Just a couple of clicks away from owning. You can have all of those things on there. Remember, Martin's Online Auctions on Facebook. You've already shown good taste by listening to the show, of course, and tuning in. Now you can surround yourself with good taste. Yeah. Martin's Online Auctions. That's a joy, isn't it? I checked out his auctions. I know, it's costing us a fortune. They're awesome. Well, I can't help it. Spending all your pennies. Living dead dolls. Do they not say me? Yes, it's got you written all over it. (laughs) Jesus, Mary and Joseph when I walk into your room. They go right by the dead fairies. 
witching spells and all kinds of par- <laughs> stuffed taxidermied animals. And? It's like being inside Tim Burton's mind. Absolutely. It's, very... it's fabulous. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> now, we promised last week we would start to play evidence from our investigations that we did with David Ellison and all those rock oh, stars. Oh, in Jackson. Uh-huh. An amazing time. He had opened up his coffee shop. There was a grand opening, Ellefson Coffee Company. If you go online and look that up, he sells the most amazing coffees. Mm-hmm. Ellefson's Coffee Company in Jackson, Minnesota. We went to the witch. I'm not going to go through the whole story again because I'm sure people are bored of me sure. reading this out each week. But there was a curse, a witch's curse that said... If you jumped over the grave of the witch, whose name was Mary Jane Tavilliger, she died on the 17th of March, 1880. Yeah. Three times he had to jump. You will die. You will be cursed. Yep. And David Ellison took David Mustaine up there of Megadeth, and they wrote a song in 1988 called Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. I took David Ellison back to the cemetery at Loon Lake for the first time since 1988 That's to amazing, go and talk. To the spirit of Mary Jane, who isn't a witch, by the way. It was uh, an urban legend. She unfortunately died of diphtheria. So Killing I'm not promoting, not promoting the witch's curse here no. in any way, shape or form. But we do talk to the dead. That's what I do for a living. Yeah. I spend all day in dark, damp basements listening to dead people talking to me. It's a lifestyle decision in the same way I go through dumpsters looking for clothes. Now, we've got some EVPs. I did promise you I would play a few bits and pieces for you. So I'm going to play what we found so far. I'm going to go through a few more next week as well. I would like to say that an outside investigation is very difficult in terms of evidence. The Mm -hmm. wind was blowing. Mm Mm-hmm howling through the trees there's animals scarpering around there was two film crews out there plus an entourage yes but we had a dvr running mm-hmm. next to our ghost box the ghost box that scans am and fm frequencies and creates white noise right. so when i play these for you i've got four very short clips i want to talk you through and i know how much people write in and say they really like listening to our evidence and our investigations mm-hmm. so we're going to do that now but bear in mind Audio quality is not as good as you'd expect if you were in a quiet warehouse abandoned on the banks of the Mississippi. Right. There's a wind blowing through this. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got Scott in Duluth and Gloria in Fargo, my team leaders, to thank for these clips. So I'm going to play the first one. I'm standing with David. He's to my left. I've got the ghost box in my hand. And I'm going to say, is there a message or something you would like to leave us with because we were about to pack up and go away so is there anything you'd like to say and this is what came through is there a message or something you'd like to leave us with So I hope everyone got to hear that. I will play that again shortly, but you have me there asking. You can hear the wind blowing around. You can hear me asking, is there a message or something you'd like to leave us with? And then there's a 10-second pause, and then very clearly in a young girl's voice, because she was 17 when she died, she says, how do you do? I know, it's really cool. It's a whole sentence. It is. It's remarkable. Let's play that one more time for you. And there is a pause between me finishing my sentence and the response but you get a young girl saying, how do you do? Is there a message or something you'd like to leave us with? Out 
Now, on the second one, this is a bit harder to hear, so you may have to put your headphones in. I'll go and find this in the archives and then put your headphones on. But I said, are you aware of the witch's curse? And you get the most minutest voice saying, yeah. So you're listening for the yeah. Very faint. If it's a noisy environment and the dog's barking and your husband's washing up at the moment, you won't hear it. But you can put your headphones on, crank up the sound. And this is me saying to Mary Jane Tavilliger, are you aware of the witch's curse? And she responds, yeah. Are you aware of the witch's curse, yes or no? Wow. Yeah, so she's fully aware. Once again, you've really got to listen for that and you can hear me and everyone who's there with the sound crew and with the TV production companies and all of the onlookers that they heard the year as well because they repeated it after she actually said it. But I'll play that one for you. This is a very faint one, but uh, you may want to put your headphones on and, and really strain to listen on this one. But once again, I said, yes or no, are you aware of the witch's curse? And she responds by saying, yeah. Are you aware of the witch's curse? Yes or no? Wow. Yeah. So she's fully aware. Now on this third one, obviously I'm standing next to David Ellison of Megadeth and I'm trying to get Mary Jane to communicate with David. And I'm asking Mary Jane if she knows about David because David comes from Jackson. He's a local to the area, of course. And I want the lady, Mary Jane, to see if she remembers him. So I say, do you know David? Now, I think in response, she says David twice. I think she says it very quietly. And then at the end, she says it again, but it's drawn out. She's broken up the two syllables and she says, David. So you're going to get this twice, I believe. Again, you may want to put your headphones on, but you're listening for the response of David once very quietly. And at the end, drawn out in almost like a wail, I guess. Do you know David? Is David someone you're aware of? Yes. If you wish to know more about The Witch's Curse, The Witch of Loon Lake Cemetery, you can read my book, Mysterious Midwest, Unwrapping Urban Legends and Ghostly Tales from the Dead. And we will play more of those for you in the coming weeks. I know how much you like listening to our interactions on our paranormal investigations with the dead. There is a show dying to get out. But wait, there's but wait, more. It, you've not bought me a stripper, have you, for my birthday? No. But wow. I thought, in lieu of Michelle being gone, that... We're not know, going to do the rest of the show. We're just going to go down the bar and leave the mic open. Yeah, let's do that. With the sound of crickets <laughs> chirping away in the distance. I was thinking that it might be possible I give you a quiz, Mr. Lee. So in the four years we've been doing this show, yeah. and I've asked you every manner of question from pillar to post, yep. you're now decided... Four years in, for the first time in the history of more questions than answers, yep. you're going to ask me some questions. Why the heck not? This worries me slightly because it's going to be it on shouldn't. my nationality or no. the strange and the bizarre. I'm game. All I can't right. do any worse than you've done for four years. I... And this is my chance to earn some points. Okay. Well, you this have the actually will do it for you. This will give you the points. It'll give you the score right at the end of it. I'm so doing I'm it using, on the computer. I'm using a pen and paper. Yes. You're going to ask me questions off the internet. Yep, computer does it for me. Really? Yep, my little computer. It's going to tell me whether I have sleep apnea or not at the end of this, Pretty isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Are you ready? I'm game, yeah, absolutely. Right. 
I am going to give you a quiz, Mr. Lee. Yes. On how British are you? Oh, dear. Are you ready? Well, I drink a lot of tea. I eat fish and chips and talk about cricket constantly. So I, I'm guessing... We're going to find we're out. We're going to find out how British I am. Okay, are you ready? I was born ready. Okay, I, I think was... there are 10 questions. There are. That yeah. many? Wow. Yeah, okay. I know. Is there a prize at the end of this? I guess points. Uh, well, it'll tell you how British you oh, are. Tell me how British I am. <laughs> um, and I'm going to give you multiple choice. So Okay. All right, are you ready? You're about to go on holiday. Yes. It's seven in the morning and you're sat in the departure lounge. What do you drink? Do you drink a cup of Earl Grey, a cup of Builder's breakfast, a cup of coffee, a pint, you're on holiday after all, duh, or a glass of OJ? It's going to be breakfast tea, Builder's breakfast tea, first thing in the morning. It's like iron running through your veins. Is so that, I'm going to is... go, the breakfast, the sweepings from the factory floor, all put together in one tea bag. Leave the tea bag in there to stew. The teaspoon doesn't make it to the side of the cup. Would you like one slice or two slices, sir? You can suck it out of the spout of the kettle. All right. That's where we're going. I didn't even know what the heck that was. Well, you didn't, know what, you, you didn't <laughs> no even know what builder's tea was. <laughs> builder's tea is so strong, you can strip paint with it. Are you serious? Yeah, it's left to steep I, for hours. I need some of that, I think. Wow. All right. You go to the hairdresser because I know how you like getting your hair did my hair did yes ever since my mum cut the top of my ear off in a tragic hairdressing accident back in 1980 that's right adrian i'll cut your hair for you dallas was on the television she had brand new sharp hairdressing scissors jr gets shot what did she think was gonna happen i lost the top of my ear i can't wear my glasses in a parallel fashion anymore oh poor dear the hairdresser holds up their mirror you hate hate your new haircut yep what do you do? I tell them it's fabulous and give them a large tip. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. I have choices. You politely ask them if they could maybe make it more like what you had in mind. No, I'm British. That's never going to happen. Call in sick at work for a few days to ensure the minimum amount of embarrassment. Or put a paper bag on your head. Tell them it's great. Then go and get it fixed at the place around the corner. Yeah. Tell them exactly what you think and refuse to pay. Or smile and nod before tipping them. Oh, it's smile and nod and tip them. Of course it is. <laughs> Look at your hair. Someone's cut it with a knife and fork. It's an outrage. When did you last have a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> what, are we dealing with minutes here? What are we looking at? I can answer this one. That's not even fun. I've got an IV infusion here with a milky cup of tea in it. I'm not even going to tell you the first three, no, but I'm the last two are earlier today, and you're drinking one right now. I'm and drinking I can... one right now. No, you're not. I can look it's over upstairs. there. It's upstairs. Well, that's not right I now, it is it? Office. No, it's not. I can smell it, though. I can... <laughs> it's, it's calling, calling me. me. <laughs> Drink me, Adrian. Drink me. Look, at you've got a tear. I'm milky and hot, and I want you. <laughs> Good What's wrong with you? Okay, you wave at a friend in the street, but then realize it wasn't them. Oh, you pretend you're scratching your head. <laughs> so, do you laugh it off? It's happened to everyone. Do you chase them down to explain what happened? Do you cry? That sounds like you. Do you re replay the moment over and over again in your mind until something even more embarrassing yeah, happens? Yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> or do you have a drink? Drinking about. <laughs> you play it over and over in your head. You do? Constantly, yeah. Until something else more embarrassing happens? I talk for 15 years. Oh, God.
in Britain, and I still have nightmares once a month about not being able to control rowdy kids. And being I, naked in I've, front of your class. Oh, that was all the time. <laughs> that you were or you dreamt about I it? I dreamt about it. <laughs> not that I was. I wouldn't have lasted 15 years. She's still right. It's true. I have post-traumatic stress disorder from teaching. It's like being in Nam in Saigon in 72. I bet I have a similar reaction. Really? Yeah. True. Oh, poor thing. Therapy for the amount of teaching in rough schools in East London. Rough schools. Now, it took me a minute to figure this one out. So you're going to get right on it, I'm sure. You and your partner are both adamant that each other eats the last hobnob. No, after you. No, I insist. How do you you resolve the situation? Do you split it into two? Well, that would be sensible, wouldn't it? Do what they say and eat it. Yummy. Cookies. (laughs) Open another packet so you can both have one. Yeah, that would be sensible too. Argue about it and break up. Or what's a hobnob? A hobnob is like an oat biscuit with chocolate on. They're very Moorish once you eat one. I think the trick there is to open another packet and pile drive another packet until you're sick. All right. That's what we're. But hobnobs. You would have another packet, wouldn't you? You've got to bear in mind that we drink tea religiously. And so there are entire aisles dedicated to peripheral things to do with tea. You'd have a mile-long aisle of biscuits that you'd put in tea. Uh, Cakes, fondant fancies, finger food, sponges. You just stuff everything in tea. Yeah, absolutely. There's entire aisles dedicated to tea-related paraphernalia. Okay, you're flat. This took me a minute to read this one. It's an apartment. Yes, it's an apartment. I'm thinking flat tire, so whatever. Your flat is freezing cold, but it's too early in the year to put your heating on. What do you do? Throw another chair leg on the fire. Well, do you put on a record equaling six jumper, which is a sweater, found out? Yes. So you're learning new things. (laughs) Do you put the heating on? Who cares if it's August? Oh, my, no. My dad would be... Having a fit at this point now. Do you He's got s- thermometers in every room so he can keep a check on the temperature. He's got pie charts and graphs. Do you sit there stubbornly whilst moaning about how cold it is? Yes. Or do you make a cup of tea? Or you, do you go to the pub? So which of those? Oh, I think um, you'd end up going down the pub, actually. <laughs> That's your Nice answer. roaring fire. <laughs> Pint of brown ale. Curry on the way home. Perfect. Oh, I know this is close to your heart and mine. Are England going to win the World Cup? <laughs> so here's some, here's some answers for you. And I know you'll probably get one of these. It's never going to happen in my lifetime. The, they did it in 1966, by the way. Did they? Yeah, my dad had 10 bob on them and they won. He, he, 1966 was a good year for my dad. He got married and England won the World Cup. Oh, see, you should get more married more often. <laughs> what, my dad? I'll mention that to my mother. <laughs> okay, so your answers are yes... Which is no. No. Uh, with a bit of luck and a fair win, they could make the final, then it's anyone. You're smoking weed. What's wrong with you? Uh, they'll lose the quarterfinals on penalties. Oh, we've been knocked out of every World Cup on penalties. Uh, probably not, but let's give the boys our full support. Hurrah. And they've got about as much chance of winning in Brazil as Scotland do. No, this uh, will be knocked out in the quarterfinals by some small country we've never heard of before. (laughs) With some sort of disputed penalty or a blatant handball that the referee happened to miss. All right. 
Here we go. We've got, I, I lied to you, there's actually 11 questions, so I'll go through them real quick. Squeeze them But in. we're learning about you, so that's well, all you're, that you're learning some vernacular and some language along the way. This is meant to be a paranormal quiz show. No, it's more questions and answers, and I obviously have a lot of questions right now. I'm so. not necessarily <laughs> sure I have all the answers. Okay, you're sat in the window seat of a plane and need to use the loo, which is toilet for us Americans. But the person in the aisle seat is asleep. And what do you do? So do you gently wake them up to ask them if they can let you out? Do you risk lasting internal damage by refusing to say anything? Nothing worse than a bladder stretch injury. This sounds more like you. Do you cough louder and then louder until That's they it. gradually get and out? And then nudge them in the ribs as a final result. <laughs> or do you try to squeeze past them without waking them up? But they do just as it looks like you're trying to sit on their lap. That'll be it. So are you going to try squeezing past? Yes. Or are you going to cough? No. I would cough. No, I, you'd give them a right hook and say, wow, that was some turbulence. Wow. Oh, you're terrible. I'm going to squeeze past them, wake them up. <laughs> so it looks like, you know, I'm doing something inappropriate <laughs> oh, at that moment. God. Okay. So last one. Last one. This I promise. is last in a lifetime. It would be easier to go to Britain. We're, we're going to get your final score here. You've started to bump into a new colleague on the train to work every morning so you bump into him every morning on the train so you change your commute doesn't say that you like him no. you arrive at work a half hour early so you can avoid forced niceties that's it you don't want to be talking about the weather and uh, there's only so long you can discuss <laughs> biscuits and tea for do you talk to them it's nice to be nice no or do you ignore them forever or do you pretend to be asleep no, you arrive in work half an hour early. <laughs> You've done that before, haven't you? We are very insular. We don't like to cause a fuss. You can hear a pin drop on our trains, even though they're crowded. There's no noise. It's all very quiet, very reserved. Oh, no, you've pressed the enter button. I did. <laughs> Turns out I'm French. Let me go and hang myself. You can carry on on your own. Well, you are as British as a Dalek serving afternoon tea <laughs> <laughs> that's very british then isn't it what you can't believe that a brit got i'm british <laughs> there aren't very many more british people <laughs> than, than, you. than me who knew <laughs> the empire Turns is out lucky I'm a, to have you. i'm a stereotype apparently <laughs> i'm not sure how i feel about that but there you go, your first quiz, and you did it smashingly. Excellent. I should give myself 30 <laughs> points. I'm now on 33. That's cheered you up. Oh, Michelle's God. missing all the fun. Oh, apparently. She's having her ass tickled in a cell in an asylum in Kentucky at the uh, moment. She is. And we're she sat is. here discussing being British and cups of tea. Makes me very happy. I'm on 33. <laughs> Heather's yet to score. Michelle's yeah, on well. minus three. <laughs> Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts? It's all about Jesus. Hauntings. All My about own Jesus. personal. Jesus. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Well, a Kenyan lawyer sues Israel and Italy for killing Jesus. Killing a Jesus? Yep. He's missed the boat by 2,000 years. Doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter. Evidence today is on record in the Bible, and you cannot discredit the Bible. Indeed, this uh, something told the Kenyan citizen news. Oh, what was his name? Was it? Yeah, it was. It's wow. like Indid is. Indid is. Oh, Indidies. It ain't my baby. Although those he suggests should have been convicted during the original trial, 
they have not been alive for more than 2,000 years, Indides insists that the government for whom they acted can and should still be held responsible. I filed the case because it's my duty to uphold the dignity of Jesus, and I have gone to the ICJ to seek justice for the man from Nazareth. Isn't that nice? That's like going back to the Romans and saying we're going to sue you for all the Christians we threw to the lions back in the day. Pretty much, yeah. His selective and malicious prosecution violated his human rights through judicial misconduct, abuse of office, bias, and prejudice. But he lives eternally in all of us. I know, but this was back then. This is back then. Indides apparently named the states of Italy and Israel in the lawsuit because upon the attainment of independence, the two states incorporated the laws of the Roman Empire, those in force at the time of the crucifixion. He is challenging the mode of questioning used during Jesus's trial, prosecution, hearing and sentencing. The form of punishment meted out to him while undergoing judicial proceedings and the substance of the information used to convict him. He's going so. after Noah next because he didn't have building permission. Yeah. He had the the huge, boat company. Yes, it was blocking out his neighbor's <laughs> light. We should go through the Bible, all the places that can be sued for. That's right. That's right. He's doing a paternity <laughs> test. Oh, God. It turns out Jesus isn't your son. <laughs> Joseph. Oh. <laughs> He'll be on Maury Povich. That's right. Good times. We'll put that list together. Great. I shall give you three points. You're now in a resplendent three. three. Yeah. The old Granada Studios, where Coronation Street used to be filmed, has reportedly been experiencing paranormal activity for years. And now an exorcist has been called to the Manchester studio after spooky happenings were reported recently during a rehearsal. They always go demonic first, don't they? Of course. Any kind of incident has to be demons first. Can't be a miserable, grumpy old man that used to work there. Has to be Satan himself, doesn't it? Yes. A rap party is due to take place in the venue at the end of the month, but the event organisers were forced to address the issue after a tribute band refused to play. After the last story, that could be the Doors or the Police, couldn't it, I'm guessing? Wow. According to the Irish Mirror, the band was scheduled to appear at the party, but said they felt a ghostly presence while rehearsing. This isn't the first time people have highlighted their concern about the old studio. The cast of Most Haunted in 2005 came to investigate the former Coronation Street set and apparently there is historical evidence that suggests the studio was built on a graveyard. Party organisers called the Exorcist as the last resort to ensure the party goes ahead as planned. Christopher Wandsworth, general manager of Granada Studios, said... The old Granada Studios is one of the most iconic venues in the country. And we want to make sure that everyone is happy and comfortable before the event. After a lot of back and forth and the ultimatum was, unless something was done, the act would pull out. An exorcism was our last resort. Without acts, after all, we don't have a show. It doesn't say what the weird feelings were. Mm. It doesn't say what they were experiencing. Nothing. Could have just been a normal guy going about his work, but dead. Yeah. Why demonic all of a sudden? Oh, I yeah. think this is in the papers because they want people to come to their studios. It's a museum sure. tour. Yeah, Like absolutely. Universal Studios. Do you see what I mean? And then there's electricity in large amounts. All the lighting rigs, yeah. all the studio equipment, the cameras. That's a lot of EMF. It's a finger buffy for ghosts, isn't it? <laughs> They're juicing up the entire area. 
camera lights in action or paranormal attraction you decide go to our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee where all of that story is there for you in graphic detail with all of the videos and all of the photographs miss morris you're on three what have you got for me now in the round of ghosts and hauntings well the conjuring franchise which i'm sure you've heard of has picked up quite a following since the film's initial release But Gerard Brittle Book, author of The Demonologist, claims that the Warrens, both husband and wife duo in the film, signed away all their rights to their life story and case files back in 1978, which includes other books and movies. Their contract also forbade them from using any of their case files that were published in the book in any form of media. Apparently, all the marketing campaigns for the Conjuring franchise claim that they are indeed based off of real case files of the Warrens. Based is a very loose term, isn't Mm, it? Yeah, that's what they're fighting. Brittle thinks that he has monetary rights to that content and should be compensated for his damages in a lawsuit that he has filed against Warner Brothers. So he's actually going after Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers may have dug itself into a hole when they made a statement claiming that Brittle's contract with the Warrens had no bearing over the Conjuring movies because those films were based on historical facts. Facts. That's right. Rather than the content of Brittle's book, The Demonologist, I actually listened to that audio book and it was was all right. It was all right. Yeah. Miss Morris has given it a... Oh, sorry. Brittle says... <laughs> Brittle says that uh, that can't be possible because he and other skeptics posit that the Warren's case files about the paranormal and supernatural activity are actually fabricated. So this um, book that he wrote, The Demonologist, he is now claiming is all fabricated. Bunk. That's right. Bunk. By the way, that review... Of that book sounds like one of my cats in heat. When I said to you, "What would you give that book?" and you went, "That's one of the cats in heat." Going, oh yeah, the little angry ninja. Angry ninja. (laughs) (laughs) First time I heard that, I thought there was a ninja in the house. I was about to run out the window, thinking I was going to get cut into a samurai sword at any moment. Terrible. I nearly gave myself an injury. Injury. That brings to an end the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. Michelle's on minus three, Heather's on six, and I'm on 36 for being very British, apparently. Oh, boy. We enter the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men. It's hairy beasties. Hairy. This is the incredible moment a family spotted a big cat prowling through the grass at a picturesque picnic spot. A mum and her teenage daughter enjoying the sunshine at Crocombe Park Gate in the Quantock Hills in Somerset when she saw a big black animal. I'm big in the Quantocks. A lot of people know me there in Somerset. Oh, I just thought you were a big black animal. Oh, my. (laughs) The 32-year-old who was with her 14-year-old daughter said the sun was glinting off of its fur as it skulked through the long grass just metres in front of them. She pointed her camera at the massive feline and zoomed in to get a better view, taking a photograph to give herself a closer look. By the time she looked up from her phone, the creature, with a distinctive white head, long tail and leg muscles, had disappeared from view. The mum couldn't believe it. When she inspected the photos at home and realised she had photographed a big cat-like creature on Saturday afternoon. The Somerset mum, who didn't want to give her name, said, We went for a drive and parked up in a quiet spot for a walk. At first I couldn't see a lot. I could see something big and shining in the sun. 
It looked like it was hiding. The sun was shining off it in the distance, but the sun was in my eyes, so I tried to look through the camera on my phone. I think it's a big cat, a panther-type thing. My family couldn't believe it. It certainly looks like one. She sent the photo to the Beast Watch UK group, a non-profit online organisation which collates reports of exotic wildlife. Members speculated it could be two dogs, a bear, a boar, or even a horse. But many agreed it looked like a big cat, such as a panther or a jaguar. Wow, this is a panel of experts at Beast Watch UK. And they think it could be the two dogs, a bear, a boar, or a horse. That's narrows three, it down. Three-year-old could distinguish and differentiate <laughs> between them. In fact, a three-year-old might be able to give you some breeds as well, if you're lucky. That's remarkable. You can see all these photographs, a dog and horse story or a cock and ball story. Decide for yourself if you go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. We don't have any big cats, of course, in Britain. But several people on Facebook have said it looks like a bear. Yes. We, we don't have bears does. either. We hunted all our bears. Maybe to extinction in the 12th century. So they've been extinct for 900 years, but they've suddenly managed to reform themselves out of dust. Yeah, they were hiding. I don't think it's a bear. It looks a bit like a bear, but bears don't have long tails, do they? No. Stephen, I'm questioning that. Perhaps it's two <laughs> dogs after all. <laughs> Miss Morris, what have you got for me in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Oh, you, it's funny you were speaking about a little angry ninja. I think I got an angry beaver. I can't do that impression. I'm sorry. I'm just... <laughs> I thought you were. Hang on. How's it looking? <laughs> That's terrible. Saskatchewan rancher Adrian. Sas Saskatchewan. 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 Rancher Adrian Ivy may have heard of a beaver, but until now had never seen a beaver herd cattle. A beaver herding cattle. That's right. What's it, like a cowboy? Is it riding a horse? Those I don't beavers know. ride those horses fast. <laughs> On Friday, Ivy and her husband were surprised to see 150 of their heifers crowded together in one of their pastures. Curious about the strange behavior, they investigated further to find the herd of cattle following a beaver that had wandered along. He was out wandered. and about. He yeah. was out buying cigarettes, wasn't he? That's right. That's Walking right. the dog, having a stroll. <laughs> Minding his own business. That's right. He was out and about, and I think looking for a new place to build a beaver lodge, because that's what you do. And they were following him. There was about a three-foot space around him, and they didn't want to get any closer than that. So according to Ivy, the heifers are more inquisitive than the average bovine, which may have led them to following the beaver they're a curious bunch, she said. They're kind of like teenagers, and I think did they were following... Did she just compare cows to teenagers? Uh, she, she did, she did. To be fair, I've never seen a cow do the washing up or its own laundry. <laughs> we could be onto something. <laughs> and I think they were following this thing around because they couldn't figure out what the heck it was. But uh, that was pretty funny. I actually saw a little bit of a video of the beaver herding the cattle. Beavers herding cattle. Have you ever heard of such a thing? I haven't, I have to say. <laughs> First time I've heard of that. Yay! There's going to be a lot of unhappy cowboys to be at the job centre on Monday looking That's for a right. job. They were beat by beavers. Beaten by beavers. <laughs> My mum said if I had nothing nice I to say, do it. give you eight points. That's right. We now move into the round that is the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre Yay. not to fit very well into any other category. It's too good. 
not to read out. Look at you. You're bursting. Go on, then. I am. You can go first. I can? Absolutely. It's a little animal heavy. Are you ready? Well, everything we've done so far has involved beavers, horses, bears, dogs. And I'm coming at you with the turkey. Coming at me, coming at me like a laser beam, like a laser beam. You're coming at me like a monkey in a bag, Chris, jumping out into my eyes. Ah, I'm blind. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You've been dipping into my Bloody Mary, haven't you? Peeps, mate. It's peeps. 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 This is Peeps show, this is. This is the Peeps show. All right. In Waukesha, Wisconsin. Yay, Wisconsin. Yay. A turkey made its way. Into a Wisconsin Walmart. A turkey walks into a bar. Nope, it was Walmart, (laughs) which resulted in the firing of an elderly Walmart greeter. She she didn't check it. It came in. Who was he? Had a switchblade. Why'd you let the turkey in? That was exactly correct, Mr. Did he have to cross the road to get there? Oh, that's a chicken. Oh, I'm getting easily confused. Sorry, the chicken was crossing the road and the turkey was going into Walmart. That's right. That's right. It starts and it goes back and then it walks out. Bob Tallinger said of the turkey. Tallinger explains the moment a wild turkey walked right past him at a Waukesha Walmart. In his eight years as a greeter at the store, he's never seen anything like it. I bet. I, I don't think he never saw it then either. <laughs> no, apparently. He's never seen anything like it. He didn't see it then either. That That's true. why he's been fired. <laughs> yeah, and then he was fired. And he says, I say, what for? And they tell him, well, you should have helped get that turkey out of here. Well, he was 88. <laughs> what was he going to do? He may have been relying on that money. That's or terrible. that turkey, that's meat. <laughs> what if it was like svelte? What if it was in the shadows, like a ninja? What if it a, moved a ninja around? turkey. Ninja turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a computer game. I want ninja turkeys. I bet you do. Uh, Tellinger's wife defended her husband and said he was hired to be a greeter, and that's what he did. He never saw a book of rules that said if wild turkeys come in here, you better run and get management. You say that, though, but paragraph three, subsection four of section eight. A. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. So WISN attempted to get a comment for the situation, but Walmart declined to speak with them. suppose they didn't want bad press, but this is going to get it. So the turkey came in and then left. And the the 88-year-old got fired. You say that. Did they check its pockets? I bet it was leaving with a lot of uh, baseball cards, chewing gum. That's right. Cadbury's cream eggs. Probably still sitting on it thinking it's going to (laughs) hatch at some point. I saw the best egg ever. Did you? Branston pickle. It's like a very British sandwich pickle. Yeah, we know how British you are. Well, you can get an egg. Okay. It had cheddar. It it looked exactly like a cream egg. Oh, yeah? So it was egg-shaped. It was cheddar on the outside. Uh-huh. In the middle was soft brie, and then in the middle of that was Branston sandwich pickle. You were salivating, weren't you? I've never seen anything like it. It was like pornography, but food-based. Well, You know those pornography food lines that you ring up, and you know you say, I want to listen to you eat a meat pie. And they'll say, okay, I'm eating a meat pie now. And you're going, keep going, make it up, make it up. All the gravy's running down my chin and onto my shirt. Keep I don't going, know what you're talking – what are you talking about? Food pornography. You can You've ring actually up, called these. Yes, you can ring up a line. You called them. And they'll talk you, just you through. You admitted it. No, you go to a bar with your mates <laughs> and you spend the entire evening talking about all the best food you've ever eaten. Do you not do this in this country? I'm in no. the bar with my mates and for an hour we're talking about all the food we've eaten that week. You God, I had some lovely roast potatoes. You should have seen well, her eat that sausage. Oh, the curry I had yesterday. God, it was gorgeous. <sighs> it was beautiful. Yeah, food pornography. You can ring up lines and they'll, they'll talk no, you through. No, Adrian, no. No. <laughs> 
Just me then. <laughs> well, before you go on talking about food porn, I have a little surprise for all three of us next week. Bearing in mind this is the radio and the listeners can't see anything. Yes. Okay. I'm slightly concerned, mm-hmm. having managed the ordeal by death of water, which was the uh, Atlantic Ocean there, for being British. Yes. Ordeal by Atlantic Ocean. A little Ocean. surprise a for little next surprise. week, yeah. Michelle will be glad to get back as she stayed she on will. minus three for the entire show. <laughs> I want to give a thought. This is the strange and the bizarre. Okay, go on. A lady called Emma Morano. The world's oldest person yes. died this week, oh. aged 117. Oh, my God. If I get to 117... Shoot you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> the eldest of eight siblings, Murano was raised in Vercelli, but later moved to Verbania on the shores of Lake Maggiore, where she remained for the majority of her life. She was Italian, of course. Mm-hmm. However, the most surprising note in her life is perhaps, considering her longevity, was her diet. She said that she lived for so long... Because she had three eggs a day. They are chocolate cream That's eggs. That's it? Yeah, but they were ch- cream eggs. Chocolate no. eggs. Branston pickle. No. And cheese you're eggs. Fibbing. I made that up. I've nothing to back that up with. She said it was a regime she took up as a young woman after the doctor diagnosed her with anemia shortly after World War One. That's remarkable. So she just ate eggs? Constantly. No, she had other things, but she had that daily. That was her routine. You know when old people that are 140 and they say, what's the secret? And they say, well, I have a bottle of whiskey every day or I smoke a pipe every day. I've had right. sex three times a day since 1924. I'd like to see that. Go on. Well, 1924 was only like half past seven. But <laughs> but she uh, she died. She was the last person in the history of the world. And I want to pause here just for a second to think about this. The reason I'm reading this out is she was the last person left alive that was born in the 19th century. There is no more. There is not a single person left alive. That you know about. There might be a little Indian man hiding in the hills somewhere. Well, they don't have documentation to, bra- See, to back that to up. To back that to up. To back that up. <laughs> but she is, to the best of my knowledge then, and yeah. the world's knowledge. And the world. She was born in the 19th century. She was born in 1899 in November. Wow. And she is the last person, died this week. That's incredible. To have lived in the 19th Everything she must century. have seen. Well, recently, last year, we read out that there's not a single person left alive that fought in the First World War. I know. As a historian, these are moments we need to think about and consider. It'll never happen again, would it? Victorian woman, stay away from me. Victorian woman. What? Can't sing that. Never happen again, will it? Once in a lifetime. Poor old Emma. No longer with us. We'll oh. say a prayer for her. Last Sorry, person Emma. in the entire world that we know of, unless you're living in the jungle somewhere in Borneo. That's right. To have been born in the 19th century. We now move into the round that is called Not For Your Mother. That means you have found us in our archives. Why not press the little orange love heart if you're on SoundCloud and give us a little heart there? Or you can write us a nice review if you're on iTunes. Share what you're listening to on Facebook and social media. Tell the whole wide world you're listening to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. This is the round. That if your mother's of a nervous disposition, she needs to be bundled out of the building. If you have small miners running around playing on the floor with their soldiers and their toy cars. They're actually listening to this at the moment. Mm -hmm. You need to remove them. They're pretending they're not. I used to do that as a kid. I'd pretend I'd play with my cars on the floor, but I'd be listening to my adult relatives having adult conversations. I can't believe that woman at number 33, Mrs. Johnson, etc. You've been listening to gossip. Yes, from the earliest age. Would you spread it? 
I wouldn't know anyone at five. I'm going to talk in kindergarten about Mrs. Johnson at number 33. Why not? I don't recall such things. (laughs) Miss Morris, what have you got for me first in the round of Not For Your Mother? Well, how interesting do you find tennis? Not. At all? In any way, shape or form. Okay. It's a lot of grunting and batting the ball backwards and forwards. It's like... Oh, this fits right in then. Great. All right. We're going to Florida, Sarasota, Florida. Florida. An outdoor professional tennis match in Florida came to a brief halt amid sounds of loud sex. So it was love all. Oh, I knew you were going to do that, and you got to it before me. I'm sorry. I've used up your material. You're going to have to find some more. To be fair, tennis is that boring that I'd probably be wanting to practice the physical arts rather than Even on yourself. Yes, rather than (laughs) sit there with a blanket and a picnic. (laughs) Instead, you take a tent. There you go. (laughs) I don't want to get wet, do I, if it rains? It always rains at Wimbledon. They had to build a roof on it. Oh, you did not follow me at all, did you? No, I tried to avoid it. Yeah, I saw that. Anyway, Francis Tiafo was about to serve Mitchell Kruger during their Tuesday night match in the Sarasota Open when he paused and flashed a smile of disbelief over the sound of a woman moaning in pleasure. At least she was moaning in pleasure. You don't hear that much in tennis, do you? After like three and a half hours of big Eastern Europeans serving aces, you know. Yeah. Not my, It's not a game I'm interested in. Well, broadcaster Mike Cation initially described the sounds. He described the sounds while broadcasting as coming from someone playing a pornographic video in the stands, but later said they were actually coming from an apartment nearby. So <laughs> That has happened to me. What? That you had sex in an apartment? No, during a tennis match. (laughs) We can't go back to that park. (laughs) Okay, go on. I was in Prague in the Czech Republic. Yes. I was with my friend Chris. We were traveling all over Europe, backpacking. Uh We found an apartment that was cheap in a big Soviet tenement block. Uh And it was roasting hot. August. It was unbelievably hot. All the windows were open. By some sheer amazing coincidence, two girls in Wenceslas Square. I used to go to Wenceslas. (laughs) Good King Wenceslas looked out on the Feast of Stephen. Wenceslas Cathedral. You said that. I never really knew what that sentence was. You're joking. Not really, no. He's the patron saint of the Czech Republic. All right. The same as St. Vitus. You heard of St. Vitus dance? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not even going to say it, no. No. So you're being educated on all things bohemian. Good, good. What did you think they sang about then when they said Good King Wenceslas? Wenceslasling. Wenceslasling. Yeah. Last looked out. Something like that. Wenceslas I don't know. looked out. Something like that. And the like Feast that. of Stephen, of course, is Christmas. Oh, I thought it was for a person. Since Stephen's day is Christmas. Oh, well, see, it is a person. Yes, St. Stephen was stoned to death. If you ever see a painting of St. Stephen, he's got a stone on the top of his head. Oh, I remember you talking about that, actually. Renaissance art. Uh But I bumped into two ladies I went to university with, which was remarkable because I went to university in Kent in England. And there they were. Just walking about. in In the town square at Prague. Okay. And no shenanigans, just as friends. I invited them back to our apartment and we were going to have something to eat. So we're trying to impress these two ladies. And then... Everything let go. Someone in the block just was having the most vigorous time practicing the physical arts, like some sort of gorilla that was being attacked with a mallet. 
And there was a lot of groaning. I thought I heard the sounds of chains being dragged across the floor at one point. They were getting randy. So there's me being very British, drinking tea and saying, well, how long have you been in the Czech Republic? <laughs> when in the background you're in, yeah, it was very noisy. Wow. It was embarrassing. I went red, I think. We laughed a lot. You laughed a lot and you drank some more. There we go. <laughs> Still didn't get anywhere with them, though, I might add. Oh, that's But that bad. has happened, yes. Didn't he hit a tennis ball at him at one point? Uh, you read the story. Yes, I've watched the video four or five times now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get to see the video. Yeah, he did actually uh, shoot a ball at them. Is that what you do? You shoot, you impale a ball at them, something impale like that? Impale a ball. <laughs> hit, maybe. Maybe that's Strike what was happening in the apartment. They were impaled a ball. Oh, imagine. <laughs> but like miniature golf. Oh, God. Here yeah. you go. Won't get that in, Harry. Yeah. And then he made a tweet that said, it sounds like you guys had a good time. Nice. <laughs> if you wish to see the story, if you wish to hear again the and again, again and again on a loop, <laughs> you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. Judge Rinder has heard some shocking cases in his time. Well, one story in a Spanish courtroom show has topped the lot. The host of Casa Carado, meaning case closed, was left gobsmacked when a woman explained why she was suing the wife of her dead lover. Jennifer said she was hired by Sylvia to sleep with her husband as a treat free 60th birthday party. No, I didn't get you that for your birthday. What, a transgender woman? <laughs> or is it a transgender man? <laughs> The night That's is still even young. better. <laughs> but Jennifer is transgender and still has her male genitalia. Oh, and sure. she claims Sylvia's husband broke her penis by dying in the act. Happy birthday, Dad. He's a transgender man. Oh. I told him not to push. I just haven't got oh, the parts. No. She told host Anna Maria Polo after we had sex, he said I didn't fully fulfill his fantasy. His real fantasy was that he wanted me to penetrate him. So I had sex with him and he liked it. I'm sure he did. I didn't think it was his first experience of that kind. Oh. Like a wizard's sleeve. No. Jennifer oh. said... Oh. Clown's mm. pocket. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Jennifer said she thought Miguel was having a Miguel? good time. Miguel! <laughs> Miguel's dead. You can't say that. Miguel's died. <laughs> One man's dead and a transgender male has broken his penis. Do you put a band-aid on it? Splint, I think. So. Oh, I got it. Miguel was having a good time, <laughs> but he suddenly had a heart attack and died. Oh. Push it. Push it real good. Oh. She then revealed that Sylvia called the police and the ambulance and Jennifer was mortified when all the units in Miami burst into the room saying she only just managed to cover up with a sheet. Oh, I. she would have had time. What did she do from the time that the other lady called the cops to the time they got there? They were stuck. Oh. She broke her pee-pee. So what? It's like one of those twist locks or something? No, if it's at a right angle, you've got problems, <laughs> right? He's dead. Sir rigor mortis is set in. He's got dead man's grip. Everything's tightened up. He's now going at a right angle. Oh uh, yeah. I think uh they were they were joined together. Oh, was he he was the pitcher. The transgender male was pitch, pitching. Yes. Was the pitching. The catcher died. The catcher died. The pitcher dislocated his arm. <laughs> <laughs> 
if that helps you with your. I'm just and they to were get on a vigil. fourth base. Oh, <laughs> they were on home run territory. They were home run territory. <laughs> They're on fourth base. But he died. Oh. She said doctors managed to prise the pair apart, but added, my penis was fractured. Oh, that's going to be swollen. Oh, no. She'd come on the show to sue Sylvia for $20,000. The clip has been viewed more than 4 million times. Which clip? On Facebook. They have video. Not of them together. I think when the emergency services burst in, they had a GoPros on. Really? Four million people have seen that clip. This means four million people have Af- typed in the words on a search engine, fractured penis, transgender and birthday. What did they think they were going to be getting at that point? You. I've had Sunday afternoons like that. <laughs> Bored. Just typing random. And your birthday. <laughs> and my birthday. All rolled into one. I don't want to die. And I don't want to fracture the penis of a transgender man. Oh, God. So I just want to put those two things out there that for you. That is very true. You would never do such a thing. I'm very liberal, laid back kind of European guy, but these are two rules I live by. <laughs> yes, yes. And you'd be so nice about it, too. I would. I'd say, sorry, love. My bread's not buttered on that side. Let me buy you a drink. We'll go down the pub. <laughs> exactly like your quiz. Everybody's happy. Everybody. I'm winning. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery standing in a mental asylum in Kentucky in the cold and dark is Michelle, who scored oh. minus three. She actually does better when she's not here. Have you noticed that? <laughs> she does better for me. We'll hear all about her shenanigans when she's on the show next week, snorting away to her heart's content. And in resplendent first place, winning the $33,000 IR camera is myself, who managed to get to the dizzying heights of 36 after answering questions about his own nationality. <laughs> Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can follow my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, we now do an extra 20 minutes of the show in a round called Not For Your Mother that you can only access if you go to SoundCloud and search for MQ. TA Radio, my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Jeton Drainer, and not Michelle Corey, and all of the International <laughs> Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net, and all of the show's sponsors, including Martin's Online Auction, the Lakes Area, Paranormal Interest Group, and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. Good night.